Hey everyone, I am back again. Dr. Ashley Dash here, founder of National Black Man Day. Listen, coming to the stage right now is Mr. Andre Notice, okay? Coach, realtor extraordinaire. Here's the thing, okay? My favorite thing about this person in particular is the amazingness of his mind. He believes that anything is possible and you can do this, okay? So he's going to share some information about how things get done, right? Tips, gems, information. He's got it all. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be lit. So let's go. And thank you, Dr. Dash, for that wonderful introduction. And ladies and gentlemen, we have here Mr. Andre Notice. Andre, how are you doing today, sir? Man, I am happy, healthy, and wealthy, my brother. Happy, healthy, and wealthy. Hold on. I'm happy for sure. I am in the process of getting healthy by going to the gym, doing this um, fitness program with uh, Break My Fifth Law Fitness. Shout out to them. Wealthy, I ain't there yet. So... I definitely need to have this conversation with you. And I know everyone who is joining us today just perked up in their seat because they want to know about some wealth as well. Well, you are, I believe that you are what you say you are. So claim it now. I will claim to be wealthy on that note. I'm wealthy. There it is. There it is. There it is. Then you're wealthy then. If you say it, you are. <laughs> I love it. So who is Andre Notice? Man, that's a good question. Who is Andre Notice? Um... I'm the rhyming realtor for your dream home. We need to buy or sell. I am the purpose coach for those that feel like they're going through hell. I am the speaker here to motivate, encourage, and inspire. I'm a poet as well. I grab the mic to spit bars of fire. The book that I wrote, it's changing lives as well. A servant is what I am on a mission to serve, not sell. When it's all said and done, I help others reach their full potential by helping them find their purpose to find true joy, it is essential. So Andre Notice is my name and inspiration is who I be. It is true, I live to give and you will notice me. Hold up, you the, you the only one that got this. <laughs> yes, who I am. I have oh. no problem telling you who I am. I hope y'all heard that round of applause. Wow, never in my life have I heard anyone uh, explain who they are by rhyming and rhyming eloquently and literally covering all the bases. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> that, I got to set myself apart. I can't be like everybody else, man. So speaking of that, so I want to kind of start your interview a little differently. So in your questionnaire, you talked about a, a very rough time in your life. Now, everything you know that you transitioned to when you uh, were going through that—did that happen? Was that did that happen after you went through that? When I say that one more time, rephrase that. So uh, the hardship you went through—you um, said in your questionnaire that you were actually homeless at a time. Did all of your success come after that? Was it during it? Or yes, before? after. Correct. After. Okay. Correct. So that's where I want to start with you, and the reason I want to start there with you is because. Um, even on my own personal podcast, what I like to do is uh, I share my experiences and my guests share their experiences because a lot of times we get in our own heads and we think we're the only ones going through these things. We think we're the only one who's ever seen these types of hardships. 
And yeah. oftentimes when people are successful, all people see and focus on is the success. They don't that look moment. at Yeah. They don't look right. at the story right. and what got them there. And it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to go through some stuff, persevere, work hard, you know, Absolutely. work on yourself and do some self reflection. You're gonna have to yep. fight through some things, but you can get there. And I don't ever want people to lose sight of that by getting so focused on, oh, he has this, 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 and this. It's easy. I can go do it. It's like, no, it's, it ain't always easy. Some For some people, Process, you know, right. they, they got lucky. But, oh, yeah. you know, you want to – I like to adequately mentally, if I can, help mentally prepare people for what's to come, you know, when it comes to the endeavors that they want to um, undertake. So absolutely, I will open the floor to you. Tell us about this time in your life. Um, okay. So so it starts – it started in, I would say, 2012 because that's really when I went – full-time in real estate. Prior to that, I was working a job. I was at T-Mobile for four years and I was just tired of it. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's just what it was. I was going there day in and day out. And I remember there would be beautiful days where the sun was shining and I'd want to be outside. I just want to be on my own time. Yep. And I just got to a point to where I didn't want to do it anymore. So I had a few thousand dollars in my 401k and I decided I was just going to quit drain it and do because I had my license at that time uh it was 2011 but I got licensed in 2004 oh wow okay. so I had my license mm. I just wasn't doing it full time and after meeting another agent that came in and her phone was blowing up she was encouraging me to jump back into real estate I decided that's what I was going to do so I did I quit and I started doing real estate and then I had a friend that I met that I played basketball with, and he was making a killing selling cars mm -hmm. on Craigslist. So like, man, how do, how do I get down? And he told me, hey, man, if you chuck me a couple hundred dollars, I'll take it to the auction with me. You get a car, you flip it on Craigslist, and we keep doing that. So that's what I did. I gave him a couple hundred dollars. We went to the auction. I bought a car, and I would sell it on Craigslist. Gotcha. I did that a couple times. And then, unfortunately he died oh man i'm sorry to hear that yeah he died on a motorcycle accident on mm. 59 right here in houston so when he died i lost that stream of income shortly after that happened my roommate who i had living in the, in, in the place and it was it was in my name mm -hmm. he sent me a text and said hey i just want to let you know that in two weeks i'm moving out so just like that I lost stream of income yep. and my bills doubled and I'm still trying to learn real estate as a full-time agent. And it got hard. It oh. got real hard. And I, I lost my apartment. I was evicted and I went from my apartment, moved into a hotel and I was there selling some of my belongings. I remember one time I sold a 32 inch Samsung TV on Craigslist just to get by. And I did that. And then a friend caught with, with what was going I never told anybody I didn't tell her but she just kept on probing and asking questions yeah and she found out that I was I was in a hotel so she invited me to stay with her and I stayed with her for a time frame and I went from one friend to the next friend to the next friend sleeping on couches sleeping on floors you know whatever I had to do and then after the third friend um she said it, I was actually staying at her place with five adults and a child in a one bedroom apartment Woo. sharing one car. Woo. Just, just, just imagine that. Just imagine staying in one apartment, one bedroom, five adults and a child. And y'all all have one car. That's I was, 
I was there for over a year, still trying to do real estate. Yeah. And I um and I was I was doing deals from here and there. It just wasn't enough to to, to maintain and sustain myself. Yeah. So um after that, my time was up there, I moved in with my dad. I was about 29. I told him I'd be there for about two to six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I was there for six months. And he was saying, man, that it's, it's been enough time. He's 30 years old because my birthday had passed. My 30 years old. Uh-huh. A week after my 30th birthday, he handed me a sheet of paper. It was a subpoena. And it says, you got to be out. What? Yeah. So, and I still have a subpoena to this day. And I kept it because I knew, I knew that it, this is going to be part of my story. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. So I kept the subpoena and I uploaded it to my Dropbox, which I still have. And I packed up all my belongings and I put them in my car because I finally got a car. I finally said I never got a car. Um, <laughs> I put them in my belongings and I just slept in my car and I sold homes when I had no home. And I did that month after month. And I would get up. My day was like this. I would, I would, I would sleep in front of a hotel. The first night I slept in a park, and I woke up to flashing lights and the banging windows. A police, a policeman opened. Uh, he opened, he uh, woke me up. Yeah. Put me in the back seat of a car and said, "I can haul you in right now because you got seven warrants." Wow. By the grace of God, he let me go. So I'm like, "Well, then I can't sleep at the park. Where can I go?" I tried Walmart. It was just too much going on. Mm-hmm. So I said, "You know what? I can go to a hotel because they just open. They're just there." So I went to a hotel, so I'll sleep at the same hotel parking lot. And I would get up and I would go to 24 Hour Fitness where I had a membership and I would brush my teeth, I would take a shower. Um, and then I would go to either Starbucks or Panera Bread and I would work, show homes, work, whatever I had to do. Then at the end of the day, around five, I go hoop, my boys, I go hoop, like nothing would happen. They didn't know what was going on. And then I end my night, go back to the hotel parking lot and I would sleep. And do that day after day. I was going to church. I was going. To, I doing. I just did that, and that was my lifestyle. I would go to Walmart sometimes in the in the bathrooms and do what I had to do, and that was my life. And then after a few months, I was able to get enough to get another place. Mm-hmm. Congratulations and, um, been, on that. It's been, up, it's been up since then. First of all, thank you for sharing that. That's very personal, um, yeah. and you know, especially as black men. You know, we're, we're prideful people, um, and, you yeah. know, we know the stereotypes associated with us. Breadwinner, get the bag, all these things, get it out the mud. Um, and that can weigh a lot on us because things don't always go right. Um, we just bonded. I actually left education and went into real estate full-time. So when you said that, I knew exactly what you're talking about. I went into real estate Congratulations. in 2015. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm back to teaching now. I don't do it anymore, but... Okay. Um, I did it for three years and I saw what I needed to see. And it, when you a hundred percent commission y'all, it hits different (laughs) emergencies hit very differently. When you, when there's no first, there's no 15th. It don't exist. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't sell a house, I don't see a check. I don't see nothing. (laughs) That's what it, that's what it is. Like you can work, you can work 40, 50, 60, 70 hours and not get paid a dime if you're not taking the right actions. So you're a hundred percent commission. I, and there, there are people that will waste your time. There are people yes. that allow you to be their agent and they'll run you around and then they'll either go with somebody else randomly or they'll change their mind or whatever the case. And you did all that work for nothing. I experienced all of that. Now, throughout throughout the years, I've learned ways to, to minimize those circumstances. Same. 
but they still happen. Oh yeah, yeah. People, um, sadly enough, what I learned in real estate, people don't value your time and your experience. No. No. Um, no. And it's and it's sad. They just treat you. They treat you like a, a human Google. But it's like, hey, I'm yeah. an expert at this. I do this for yeah. real. So that is why you know I'm I'm a, and I'm 100 commission. So I'm gonna yeah. work hard for right. you regardless. Because right. <laughs> right. if I don't work hard for you and get recommendations, then what's the point? Or referrals right. rather? Then what's the point? Um, there's no loyalty. There's no loyalty. Exactly. So um, one question I do want to ask you about um, with your story and the hardship you went through. Why didn't you tell anybody? Well, it's not that I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you definitely don't want to tell everybody. Gotcha. Right. So so here's the thing. A couple of things uh, I want you to know or, or keep in mind is the fact that it's not for everybody to know what you're going through, why you're going through it. I agree. That's the first thing. The second thing is you don't always know. Sometimes you may have an idea, but you don't always know the right individuals that you can tell. You may have an idea, but sometimes you think the you think the people that are going to be there to help you out actually don't. Mm, true. And I experienced that and it hurt. And it caused me to see some of my friends differently, you know, even to this day. Yeah. So when you go through that a couple of times or a few times, it's like, well, damn, if I can't come to this person or that person, who can I come to, yeah. you know? And you don't really know who you can really turn. Now, now that I talk about it, now that I'm no longer in the position, some of my friends say, man, you could have called me, bro. You know, I got your back. Yeah, you say that now. You say but, that now. Right, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's easy to say that now. But when I'm going through it and I really reach out, maybe you would have. But I don't know that at that moment. So it's just one of those things to where you don't really know. Another reason is the, is the fact that I really believe that sometimes, sometimes God allows you to be in a position a situation of isolation yes where it needs to be just you and him so you can really focus on him and hear what he has to say and you sit with your own thoughts and you just learn from you and him and i believe that that was my season for that and what really kept me going was the whole field of personal development hmm. i first of all i want to say i'm proud of you for being strong enough to lift yourself up out of that. Um, again, <laughs> we link. I, you know, I, I wasn't homeless, but I was close. <laughs> and I like you said, like I, you know, I, I was in a relationship, living with someone. Relationship ended. All right, you got to go. So the person I used to live with and moved out to live with that person, I moved back in with them. So. I went from the person with the apartment to having a roommate to being the roommate. So <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to yeah. my <laughs> shout out to my yeah. boy Russ. Thanks for having my back. So right. um was sleeping on the couch or whatever, um, which wasn't a big deal to me. Um trying to work real estate. Then he got a career opportunity. He was moving, you know. Um, so I was like, all right, I gotta find another place. And I ended up living with my broker in charge. He had a big old house, he had taken me under his wing. Um, and I was living there and, you know, when you talk about isolation, you know, y'all, sometimes life just throws curveballs at you and there's just nothing you can do about it. It doesn't yep. matter who you tell yep. or whatnot. It doesn't matter. 
But the one thing that you have control over is yourself and your actions and how you handle it. And I definitely told some family members and they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'll figure it out if I really need you. Like, if I'm down bad, I'll let you know. Like, I had family members I could have lived with, but I was in my, how old was I? I was like early 30s. And I was like, I need to learn how to figure this stuff out. I'm not always going to have, I told myself this, I'm not always going to have someone to call to rescue me. Like, I need to know what it feels like without a safety net. And I got close, man. But, you know, real estate picked up. Um, I started doing better and started managing. And then I took a, a an opportunity to move. And now I'm back in education. But, yeah, there was like there were highs and there were really low lows. Yeah. And yeah. it's the mental dexterity that I gained from that. I wouldn't trade for the world. I learned so many Sorry, things about myself. I'm not talking to I'm you. Sit- oh, my goodness. Sorry. My Apple Watch is talking. Um, but the mental dexterity taught me so many things about people relationships um being more responsible because it wasn't like it part of it was my fault like things that i did and actions i should have taken and money i shouldn't have spent money i should have invested versus saving i learned all of that stuff um but i'm better today so again y'all like we said at the beginning you know whatever it is you're going through whatever whatever point you are at in this journey there's a way for you to make it out with your desired result. But the question is, what are you going to do about your own situation? Because you don't, like you said, you don't know what people are going to do until it's time. Like, it is very easy to call and tell everybody, I got your back no matter what. But when it's like, yo, I really need to get all my stuff, move in with you. This might be a year or two. I can't really help you out with rent. I'm trying to get my life together. Like, are you really down Bro. for that that's a that's a lot <laughs> you, you said you said so much in what you just said bro you said so much and to be honest a lot of what you said i talk about how to overcome that in the chapter of the book that i wrote with les brown um i talk about a lot of that and what's interesting is the fact that because you said that you had to move back to where you just came from let me tell you what's interesting about my situation and I don't say this to brag because it's really not about me, but when I got back on my own mm-hmm. and I had a one bedroom on the outside of the city. And after three years, I decided I was going to move inside the city because um, I wanted to just expose myself to being inside the city. I right. never lived inside the city. I decided I was going to get at least a two bedroom just so I can help out somebody else that was wow. in that same position that I was in. Yeah. And so far, I've had multiple people come and stay with me rent free. Yep. And I've never told a person that about their situation. I've never, all I did was encourage that individual. And each one of them told me that how much I inspired them just for them seeing how my, how my daily system is, how I get up early, how I do this, how I'm structured, how I'm disciplined. They said that they just, just to be able to watch me do that has encouraged and inspired them. None of them are here anymore. They've all moved on, mm-hmm. but they had a season to where they had a safe space that they can stay rent free. That's beautiful. And I did that because I believe that the name of my book is called Your Purpose is Not for You. So it's not about me. We're all going to need each other at times. Yes. And I just want to make sure that people understand that I got your back because. When I was down, somebody had my back. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, if somebody asks me for money and I decide to say yes, 
and they want to pay me back. I said, don't pay me back, pay it forward. Because mm. it ain't about, if I gave it to you, that means I, I don't really need it. I, right. I, I can do without it. I can do without it. If you don't pay me back that $100, $200, I don't need it that, that bad. If you want to pay it back, cool. But I'm suggesting that you pay it forward. When you get back on your feet, give somebody else that when they need it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that, man. Paying it forward is such a huge deal. Um, kudos to you for thinking like that, just buying an apartment with the idea in mind that, hey, in case somebody needs a place, because that's more money out of your pocket. You know, a two-bedroom costs more than a one-bedroom, for those of you who may not be there yet <laughs> getting your own place. Um, that is amazing, man. And just that that pressure of life, y'all, you can't let it get to you. Like, there is nothing wrong with teaming up, working with somebody, or letting your friends and family know that you need them and you need some help. As long as you are doing your part, I found this out in personal experiences. As long as you do what you say you're going to do and you do your part, most of the time people are willing to help you. Most of the time. Well, so the thing is that most people are willing to help those that are working to help themselves. Yes, it's those individuals that are not and that are trying to make excuses are the ones that it's hard to help. But if I see you trying and you really trying to trying to make a difference and an impact in your life and you're just having a hard time going through a rough patch, I get that because I've been there. Mm -hmm. But when you're just making excuses and your activity and your actions are not are, are normal or, or, or below average or poor, then that's different. Very different. I want to switch gears here real quick. So you help unfulfilled, unhappy, frustrated employees break the cycle and get unstuck by finding their purpose and turn their passion to profit from employees to entrepreneurs. Is this part of uh, what you do as a speaker? Where did you get this from? So when I started speaking, the... I first started speaking by creating my own platform to speak on. I would host home buying seminars. And then from there, I started getting asked to speak on different platforms like these or panel discussions and things like that. And people would start calling me, asking me questions. I started winning awards randomly just from doing what I'm doing. And I realized everywhere I went, people would ask the same questions and people want, want the same information. And I seem to have a lot of the answers. I don't have all the answers, <laughs> but I seem to have a lot of the answers that people asked. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was in reference to being on their own time and working for themselves and being an entrepreneur or being unfulfilled, going day to day, not happy about life. Just along those lines, I would run across that on a regular consistent basis. And I realized that when I when I spoke on those things or I answered their questions, that my words really resonated with them. And I was really making an impact just by answering the questions. So I realized that I had something going there. So it was only right that I, so the word says that your your gift will make room for you. Mm. And I and I really believe that to be true. So about six years ago, God gave me the title for the book, Your Purpose is Not for You. And that's where I came up with the book. And I realized that most of the time, these people are going through so much because they have no idea as to why they were created. Mm. 
most of the time people are unfulfilled, they're unhappy, they're going day to day, they're going job to job because they have no idea what they were specifically designed to do on this earth. And what I say is if you want to know what you were created for, you got to go back to the creator. <laughs> you know rhymes. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, absolutely. I'm the rhyming realtor. But here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, though. Like, anything that was created, it was created for a specific purpose. That is true. Anything. It doesn't matter what you point to. It had a reason for being there. Why are you any different? You were created. That is so true. if you don't, if you can't tell yourself why you were created, because you didn't create yourself, mm-hmm. you got to go back to the one that created you and find out, hey, why was I made? Hey, there you go. That's it. And most people don't know what questions to ask and what to do and what path to get on to get those answers. Thus, I created the book. And then the coaching program is to take it one step further from the book and learn uh, practices, learn skills, learn practical steps that you can take Mm -hmm. to find out why you were here and how to turn that passion and purpose into profit. So how to get paid on doing what you love to do. Man, that book needs to be, first of all, I need to get a copy. Um, I want an autograph copy, by the way. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Because that is something that I see on social media a lot. People talk about their purpose, their purpose, their purpose. But how do you find it? How do you know it's the right thing? How do you know it's for you? And the fact that you've outlined the process and you have coaching on that is spectacular, man, because that that really makes all the difference. My first experience with this was I was in high school and uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Shout out to George Washington High School. My English teacher, I cannot remember her name. I think I was a junior. I wasn't a senior. Yeah, I was definitely a junior. The short lady, I think she was from like Boston or something, red hair, cool lady. Um, we weren't the best kids. We weren't like crazy, but we were talkative and stuff like that. But, you know, we were cool with um, a majority of all of our teachers. And I can't remember who asked it, but one day, you know, she was talking about her career. She used to be a lawyer. So automatically, all of us kids in the inner city thinking, yo, you was making mad money. Like, and somebody asked the question. They were like, you were making good money as a lawyer, right? She was like, yeah, I was making over six figures. And they were like, well, why would you leave all that to come here to be with us? Like, I know we get on your nerves sometimes, and we know, you know, you always hear teachers don't make money. And they're like, well, why are you here? She was like, I wasn't enjoying it. She was like, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't having fun. I, was, I wasn't having fun. I was miserable. But she was like, every day since I started teaching, I get to wake up and come see you guys and hear your stories and learn about you. And I get to teach you, and we laugh, and we have a good time. And I get to do that every day. Every day is like a new adventure. Yes, and yeah. that taught me right then and there. I was in 11th grade. I think I was 17 years old that money ain't everything. When you hear it from someone who had the money or they, at least that's what she told us, but <laughs> had the money that money does isn't everything. I was like, Bruh. OK, there's more to this life thing because, <laughs> yeah. Bruh. What is what is a life that's living if you have the money, but you're not enjoying it? You have the money, but you're waking up every day dreading to do what you have to do to get it. Well, what kind of life is that? Like, mm-hmm. now I understand if you're doing that for a time frame so you can stack up and do something different. I get that. Yep. But if you're doing that as your lifestyle, you're literally getting up, you're getting paid, but you have no 
joy, no happiness, no fulfillment, no satisfaction. What kind of life is that? Who wants to live that life? Not when you can live, not when the internet has been created and you can do what you love to do and get paid even more for doing that. Mm-hmm. Why not go that route? Because you can. Nobody's stopping you but you. So I I say kudos to that woman. She 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 has found her purpose. Yep. And to that point, what's interesting is the fact that my mother was one of the first people to recognize that I had a gift in teaching. Okay. That's one of my gifts. Now, for me, when she said that, I shunned it. <laughs> but, I, but here's the thing, though. I shunned it because when she said teaching and teacher, my mind automatically went academic school system. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about teaching in any other aspect than being in the school, public or private sector. Yep. But now I understand that as a teacher, it's a skill. It's a, it's a skill. It's a, it's a a gift. You can do that anywhere. Yes, sir. You can do it virtually. You can do it in classroom settings. You can do it from a pulpit. You you can create your own platforms. A teacher is going to teach. And she was so right. And when I saw that and I, and I, and I realized that I said, Oh, so I can get paid to do what I like to do. (laughs) And the light bulbs went off and my life has never been the same. I love everything that I do. I love it. I love coaching. I love speaking. I love real estate. Everything that I do, I am done doing things that I don't enjoy doing. Those parts of my life is over. Yeah, I'm working on getting there. I've been eliminating a lot of things that just don't bring me joy, don't bring me happiness. Yeah, and are zapping my energy so I can focus on what I'm passionate about and what I love doing. Things like this, having these conversations, my own podcast, things that I would do whether money was coming in or not, because yeah. I just enjoy them. It's like breathing for me. Life is different when you live like that, bro. It's so different. Waking up is different. Like I can get up whenever I want to get up. But I still get up at five, six o'clock just because I have goals that I want to reach. I don't have to, but I choose to. That was a word. Yeah, it is. But here's the <laughs> here's the thing though. It's different getting up at five because I want to versus because I have to for somebody else. <laughs> that is correct. Bruh, different. <laughs> it's different. But I have a I have an entrepreneurship mindset. Mm-hmm. The entrepreneurship mindset, the number one thing that we value as entrepreneurs is freedom. As an employee, the employee mindset, the number one thing that they usually buy you is security. And I will take it a step further and say the illusion of security because it's really not security anymore. Yeah, it's not. But an entrepreneur would rather work 70 hours for themselves than 40 hours for somebody else. Mm. Because it's all about the freedom. And those are the things that I cover and that I talk about that I want people to understand on a deeper level. So that when I say it, it's like, oh, so that's what that that's what that is. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with either one. There's nothing wrong being an employee. There's nothing wrong being an entrepreneur. What is wrong is when you want to be on one side, you're on the other and you're not working towards getting on the other side. That's the problem. If you want to be an entrepreneur and you're an employee and you're not working on getting an entrepreneur, that's a problem. Because then you're living life unsatisfactory and you'll never be excited about getting up each day. You got to make that shift. You are one of the top five entrepreneurs that I know in my life officially of this moment because of what you just said. No, I'm serious because 
You laughing? I'm serious because and I know I receive people, it because because the people out there watching who are on social media, I know y'all have seen it. There's people out there. You want somebody's job? I dare like they're braggadocious about being entrepreneurs, which you can brag about it. But they down the people who choose to have a career. Because let's be real, no. if we all no, if we all quit our jobs no. today, everything would shut down. Like who you gonna who gonna you know who's gonna bring no. you the produce? We need entre- we need employees. Yep. We need and we need them. They're very vital. Yep. Just don't be that if that's not what you want to be. That's the issue, yep. and not have something on the side that you're working on. If you're an employee and you want to be an entrepreneur, then from nine to five you work your job. From five to nine you work your business. That's what you do. I've done it. But what you don't want to do is want to have, want to be an entrepreneur, work a nine to five, and then get a second job. No, that's not what you do. Yes. You I'm find a business and work that. That was me. I was the king of second jobs. And I yeah, had, man. The, and the problem with the second job, like he just said, you don't have time for anything else. You don't have, don't. You don't have time. Like you're going to value your TV and sleep way more than you probably should. But when you start working on your own thing, it gives you life because I know it's like, oh, I'm tired. But you got to remember, this is something you love. So when you get off work, it gives it, you energy. Though. It gives you energy. When you're cause... doing something that you love. It gives you energy. You don't get tired of doing it that easily. Another thing is, and I'm not, I'm not going to get too, too deep into this, but I was just listening to another uh, speaker. One of my favorite speakers talk about this, which I already know already. Employees are taxed more than anybody else in society. Oh, yeah. So as you get a second job, you're paying even more in taxes. Yes. yes. So you're actually working harder but giving more money away versus having a business and getting tax write-offs. Woo, the write-offs. Oh, I love the write-offs. Bruh, you got you to gotta play the game how it goes. <laughs> you, Most people don't know the game. Y'all, I'm telling you. And if you don't know the game, I use a CPA every year. I let someone do my taxes for me because I'd rather pay them because they know what they're doing and they get me a As nice chunk back. Um, versus trying to do everything. I'm, I'm, I'm the king of deferring. If I'm not good at it and I don't want to do it. Yep. I'm going to, here you go. How much? That's it. All right. Boom. How much I'm getting back? What? Do I have a car? Yes. You want my mileage? Here you go. Yes. I did buy a computer. Yes. I did buy all this stuff. Yeah. Put all that on there. Yeah. All that stuff, yo. (laughs) Stuff you probably have probably stuff you probably had to buy as an employee because your job didn't provide it or you wanted it. Talking to my fellow teachers out there. Now, because you have a business, you get to write that stuff off. You get you get yes, get a little kickback. Um, but we could talk about this entrepreneur thing all day. I want to get yes, into um, your coaching. Tell us more about your coaching and some of the stories of some of the people that you've coached. So my coaching is uh, it's group coaching. So I spend one week with, well, two hours per week. And we go through six weeks and every week is about something different okay all right so we focus on uh, i focus on the m's so what i mean by that is one week might be about money the next week might be about mindset the next week will be about man what i mean by man is manpower networking you know mm-hmm. so every week is something different and in my coaching i want to help people understand that there are some systems to utilize some tools to utilize. It takes a lot of writing, a lot of game planning, a lot of thinking. So most people go through life and they, they never really think they rehearse the same mental activity, mm-hmm. but they never really think. Thinking is hard. 
thinking takes time. Yes. Um, thinking can be draining, which is why most people don't do it. They think they're doing it, but they really don't. Mm. So my question to you is, so think about this. Google was one idea. Implemented. Yep. Facebook was one idea. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, all of these powerhouses were just one idea executed. True. So if you could just take one idea and transform your life, how often do you sit down and just think about what you can do? I know I don't do it often enough. Exactly. So, and, and most people don't. So in my program, I get people to actually sit and think and write and plan. Miles Monroe said, plan your work, work your plan. Those that fail to plan, plan to fail. Ooh. So what that means is if you have a dream, right? Let's mm -hmm. say, let's say you let's say you don't have a dream. If you don't have a dream that you're fulfilling, you'll end up working for somebody who did. Oof. Very true. I'd rather work to fulfill my dream. What is a dream? A dream written down into a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action and faith makes that dream come true. So I help people <laughs> write down specifically what they want their life to look like, right? Mm -hmm. So for instance, your house, before they put up one board, they had a blueprint. Yep. That's what your house is supposed to look like. The buildings, the same thing. Anything that was created, they sat down with a paper and a pen and they planned what is it going to look like when it's complete, yep. when it's done, when it's finished. Mm-hmm. How often have you sat down and wrote down and drew up a blueprint for your life and how that's supposed to look when it's complete? I need to make a new life blueprint. <laughs> I need, I need to do it. That's what I, that's what I do. Ooh. Most people do not do that because we're not taught to that, but there's power in the pen. Yes. And one of the things I try to tell people about planning, um, because I, when I get ideas, I immediately put them in my phone or paper, whatever is near me. Because oftentimes, in my personal experience, when I plan things out, things always work out better. My success yeah. rate is way higher. But also, when you're on, once you set that plan and you hit a bump in the road, I can always refer back to my plan. I don't have to remember what was I thinking, or did I say I was supposed to do this, or was this? no? I can go and say, okay. You know, I plan this out. Okay. Hmm. Okay. This led me here. Now I go back and look at my goal. Okay. Now that I have this obstacle, what can I do to still continue to reach my goal despite this obstacle? Because that plan exactly. is like, that's everything. That's like the brains of the operation. Like this is the yes, plan. Sir. And when you want to recruit and bring people in to work with you and help you, it's way easier to say, here, yes, sir. read this, yes, sir. look at this, tell me what you think type yes. to see what they are instead of trying to give a speech every five minutes and all that. Yep. Um, 
So I'm, I'm a big fan of actually writing out your plans and, and putting details in it because that's something you can always refer back to and it's something that is easily shareable. Agree, 100%. And that's what I do. I teach you to have a plan. What does it look like? What are the action steps that you need to take? What needs to be done? What mindset do I need to have? How do I devise and develop that mindset? What are the roadblocks that I need to, to look out for? What are the obstacles? What are the speed bumps? What are the roadblocks that I need to possibly maneuver around and, 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 and look out for? What are the people around me that can help me uh, achieve what I want? Right. How do I use the law of attraction? How do I use the law of attraction to my advantage? Yep. I have people understand the law of attraction. The word attraction has the word action in it. So it's cool <laughs> to meditate. It's cool to visualize. It's cool to write things down. But if you're not acting, you're not attracting. Nope. Don't get me started, man. That's a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to get you started. Um, I want to touch on something you said. And those of you out there trying to be entrepreneurs or you are entrepreneurs or you're just you're looking into it. You're just in that sphere, in that space. He just said something very, very key and very, very, very critical. And if you didn't catch it, I'm going to repeat it right here. Looking at your possible pitfalls or obstacles before you get started. You got to remember, when you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, it's all on you. So, like, you know, he and I, he he does real estate. I used to do real estate. You eat what you kill. If you don't sell a house, you are not getting any money. There's no magical fluff money. Your office don't pay you nothing. If you do not get a client to buy or sell something and get it to the closing table, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone don't close. Everyone don't close. You get nothing. So you need to critically think, hey, what if I order, what happens if, you know, my delivery truck for the, the cream or whatever I need, materials I need for my business gets delayed? What happens if I have a shipping issue? What happens if I, you know, this batch of whatever I'm making for my business goes bad? You need to think about that. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because a lot of people will think when they ask you, when you ask people for advice and they tell you about the pitfalls, they're not being negative or pessimistic. Don't automatically think that. But those are things I wish I would have thought more about, you know, when I've entered some business ventures trying to work for myself. Nobody talked to me about the pitfalls. They were just, oh, it's easy. You can do it. You blah, blah, blah. Here's what the money looks like. But yeah, you didn't tell me about this fee. You didn't tell me about buying business cards. You didn't tell me about buying signs or whatever your business may be. Like, there's a lot on the back end you need to think about. Like, yeah, you can yeah. get into this, but do you have 2500 saved up so you can promote yourself? Because you, you got to buy all this and do all this for yourself. Yeah, yeah 100%. Bro, I had, I have the last two weeks, I was supposed to have four closings. Listen, I did all this work. Two didn't close. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And these homes were 400 K plus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need an antacid after that. So, so look, you, you got a plan for, you just don't know what's going to happen. And some of these things are completely out of your control. Out of your control. And here, here's what I've learned. Like as a real estate agent, if you have two deals and one, and one falls out, that's like a knockout blow. Yeah. But if you have 10 deals and one falls out, that's like a jab. Mm -hmm. You feel it, 
but eh, <laughs> you keep going. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, you gotta you gotta treat business like that. You have to have so much going on, so much action, so much activity going on to where when something goes wrong, you don't have time to focus on it too much because you're on to the next and focusing on the solutions rather than the circumstance. Yep. And you brought up another thing. That is why it's important to have a network. That is yeah. why it's important to have systems in place to get things done. Um, yes, sir. Shout out to Dr. Dash. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Dr. Dash. I met her through a mutual friend, and she did my resume. She helped me uh, change my career path. Um, she asked me to do Black Mandate. And here I am three years later still working with her, learning from her, adding systems into what I do for my business no, because of her. No. Like, hey, you need to do a better job of setting schedules, setting appointments. Oh, there's an app for that. Oh, there's an app for this. Boop, everything on my phone. What, what you need? Boop, 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 two couple buttons. Instead of trying to do it the old caveman way. So, and automation. There's just so many things you need to think about because another thing that happens with entrepreneurs, me being guilty, we like to be hands-on. We want to do everything oh, yeah. and be a part of everything and do everything, but that is time-consuming. You need to be spending your time going to get more business you got to figure out how to get those little though i would say those minimum wage type duties try to automate those or bring somebody in if you can and the the high dollar stuff that's where you want to be yep agreed 100 you want to focus on dollar product uh dollar productivity activities yes sir that's it you know you got to focus on money making tasks and in business you have to know specifically what those are because you can get so busy instead of being productive say that again please say that again please say that again please say that again a lot of people are busy but not productive you can look look you can be a busy agent or you can be a productive agent or whatever business owner that you have what do you produce i want to focus on productivity i want to be in business not busyness I don't even think, y'all, that's a gem. So, and for those of you who may still not get it, busy versus productive, think about what you're doing daily, time-wise, and what is it producing for you? What are the end results of what you do all day? Exactly. If If you are in the same place constantly and nothing's changing, nothing's moving, you're probably, you're probably busy and not productive. Now, right. production means, oh, I have a new deal here. Oh, this person wants to partner with me. Oh, this organization wants to do this with me. Now you're being productive because you're going to start to see the growth. There should be some growth going on. I can, being busy, I mean, it, it looks fun on social media. Oh, they out there getting it. Are they, though? What are you producing? Yeah. What is this right. What is this busyness right. producing? If it's not producing anything, mm, Right, because you can up. get caught up in doing small remedial tasks that may need to be done but it may not be it may not need to be the focal point right now at this particular time how does that look so we were talking about real estate so as a real estate agent we all know that we need to see homes need to know the market i have no money but i'm touring homes and seeing what's going on in the market yep does that need to be done yes but i have no money (laughs) so why don't i pick up the phone call and make some phone calls Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm being busy doing something that does not bring me any kind of income. They're just activities. 
And we can do that in any business. You can get caught up in doing the wrong thing that's not bringing us and yielding us the return that we need. If you focus on the things that's going to bring you the return, those other tasks will get picked up when they need to get picked up. And you can delegate the ones that you don't need to be doing anyway. Delegate, y'all. I got one more question for you. Um, Yes, sir. Tell us about your path to becoming an author and just tell us all about your book. So, again, God gave me the title about six years ago, and I did nothing with it. I didn't write a chapter. I didn't write a word. I didn't even write a sentence. I did nothing with it. And then I came across a young lady, shout out to Taria Vaughn, who has a platform, a business, where she now takes her passion, Mm -hmm. which is showing people not only how to write a book, but how to profit from their books. And I came across her platform, linked up with her. She was right here in Houston, went to something that she had. And I said, you know what? I'm, I, I've been sitting on this for a while. I'm going to get it done. And I paid her a few thousand dollars for a coach. She became my coach. Great investment. It, exactly. I invested in my, I didn't pay. I invested in myself is what I did. And I paid a few thousand dollars. But the end result is what matters the most. So she gave me the blueprint as to how it can be done. But I really started writing the book. I would be, I travel a lot. I love to travel. So I would be on the airport. I'd be on a plane just writing. It only took me a couple a couple, couple months to write the book. Mm-hmm. But here's something that's interesting. People always say that it's hard to write. Whatever is in you is going to come out. Think of yourself as like a grape. If you smash a grape, what comes out? Whatever is inside. Yep. <laughs> so whatever is inside of you, when times get hard and you push down, whatever is going to come out is what is inside. The knowledge that I had was inside of me. I just had to sit down and press myself <laughs> to get it out. So and the moment that I sat down and started writing, the pen just flowed. Nice. It just flowed. Yeah, you have times where there's writing blocks from time to time, but for the most part, it flowed. And I realized that the best thing to do for anybody that does want to write a book is find a specific time and a specific place to get into your writing space and write every single day. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes or an hour, just write something. And just because you're writing something right now doesn't mean that it has to be in the right order. It may come in chapter, you may put it in chapter seven. It doesn't matter. It may come in in your third book, but just write. And as you take time out to put things together, you'll find out where it's supposed to go and you might rearrange it. Mm -hmm. But that's what I did. I stuck with the process. I paid somebody to, to, to coach me through getting it done. And the end result, I'm extremely excited about. And now I have two more books coming out with Doc, with Les Brown. I mean, life is great. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to join you in that venture as well, man. Um, that is great. So uh, your book is available for purchase now, correct? Yeah, purposeforme.com is where you can find the book. I'll ship it to you. And it's been blessing people. The re- feedback that I received has been crazy, and I'm just grateful to have it out. Man, thank you again for sharing your experiences and sharing your story and taking what God gave you 
and doing something with it. Um, you're motivating me, man. I need to get off. I need to get off my hands. I got some stuff I need to. I know I have a book in me, but I need to do what you said, which has been a weak point for me that I got away from because I get busy with my job. Is scheduling, and that that's the yeah. real that's the realtor in you too. <laughs> yeah, time, time blocking is real. You have to like. Yeah. I work from my calendar. Like if it if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. I need I need to get back to that, but. <laughs> Anything yeah. else you want to share with the audience out there? Anything you have coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to share the fact that I have two books coming out with Les Brown. If you want to connect with me, it's very easy to find me. My name is Andre Notice. Uh, you can Google Andre Notice. You can go to andrenotice.com. You can find my info there. And apart from the books, I have a a chance to be the poet laureate for a conference coming up so you can go to roar r-o-a-r global roarglobal.org it's going to be august 11th and 12th so that's an international conference i'm glad to be a part of so i have that coming up and if you're in the houston area i actually have a couple of events that i'm working on planning uh, one is called credit versus cash who's the king we're having a debate talking about credit versus cash <laughs> and we're going to talk about which one is king, you know, and I'm excited about that event. And then I'm working on another event called table talk with a twist where we're having an open forum discussion, talking about relationships and politics and sex and whatever the case may be. Um, that's always a good time. So I have those things coming out, releasing a new website. So there's a lot going on. I'm just excited about just connect with me mm -hmm. and I'll be able to make sure that you stay uh, on point with what's going on. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andre Notice, thank you again for sharing your experiences. Y'all make sure y'all connect with him. I'm definitely going to keep in touch because if I'm ever in the Houston area that I need to visit, actually, I definitely want to link up with you, man. And I'm definitely going to get a copy of the book. And I hope that everyone out there watching has been enjoying this. Um, I hope you took some notes. I hope you got some gems. I hope you learned something. And I hope that this conversation here today helps you take a step forward. All right. We'll catch y'all next time. Appreciate it, bro. Yep.